When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it's to you, Jordan Anderson. Yeah, girl, what's your more than you will know. Whoa, God bless you, please, Jordan Anderson. Yeah, good fucking loves the way you play. Hey, 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 hey. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. So, uh, another friendly off the way. Four all. Some be disappointed with that. I'm really not too asked. It's it's pre-season. Um, we'll touch on it though. We 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 look good going forward. Really good. First half we were sound. Um, no problems at all. Second half obviously fell apart a bit. But let let's look at the positives first going forward. Um, we looked we looked fantastic, especially second half. Nunes looked phenomenal. That number nine seems to have given them a new lease of life somehow. I know again, I know it's only against a, a second division German team. It's hard to judge him on that. But just from that game from the one before, he, his confidence seemed to be higher. Yeah, he, he just looked ready to go again. That's what you want to see. Uh, no mistakes early on. And I think that boosts confidence. I think the first half, I think you've seen our be- more better players playing. They were more involved. We looked dynamite going forward in the first half as well. Um, Diaz, pleasure to watch, isn't he? Um, Unbelievable. There's little traits of Suarez in him, lad. Some, if you, when the camera zooms out and you just see him wriggling about that box, you just think Suarez. Um, he's quality. The, the linking with them players, Ben Doak, superb, turning it up. So, uh, he's turning <laughs> it up, lad. <laughs> he, is, he's, he was turning it up he, he didn't know how to place at all um, he's got a bit rusty on his finishing and then his final ball and that but the way he beats a man he literally just disposes of him it just makes it look so easy lad for the size of him he doesn't look like he should be that strong or fast than he is so I was dead impressed with him um, so yeah going forward the first half brilliant defensively looked Solid the first half, and then you go into a second half where we just sort of too many changes, too many of the, the key players not playing, and it just went a little bit. We just fell apart. It, it felt more like a pre season game the second half. I think the first half was a little bit like we could have been going out to play our best sort of football, and then the second half was let's see what we've got here. And yeah, wasn't much to be honest. I think it, it flagged up a few signs that. We are desperate to to add some defenders to that team because the ones we've got as backup are just not good enough. Even at that level, lad, they're playing second, third division German sides and they're getting roasted. They're just not good enough. See, and I've seen a lot of this on, on, on Twitter and we've spoke about how fickle football can be in general. Um, you know, you've got people now saying, there's been a conversation with Gomez for a long time, in fairness. Um, so I'm not going to include him in, in this. I'm not going to include Adrian 
in this either because let's be honest, if he plays a competitive game this season, it's going to be as an absolute last resort. He's probably fifth choice at the minute in like when we think about it. Um, but matter people are saying you know he's not good enough anymore. When what two seasons ago he was he was better than Van Dyke last yeah. season. He was better than Van Dyke. Last season, people wanted Simakas to start over Robertson. Now he's not good enough and needs to be sold. Is it all just a bit reactionary? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I think Matip's as good as who's playing next to him. And at times when Van Dijk's been struggling last season and the season before, you've seen how good Matip is. Matip's an exceptional centre-half. I just think he's getting to that age now where if you can get money for him, knowing he's not, not really reliable with his injuries and stuff, then is it time to move him on and bring in a a younger player who's a little bit better, but say it's hard. It's hard when you change the defence that much. You've got a centre half playing right back as well in Gomez, who I just think he hasn't been the same player since his injury. And I feel mm-hmm. sorry for the lad because that season he won the league, he was unbelievable. Yeah, and he was. then and then he's he, he's gone. It could be a confidence thing, it could be a mindset thing with his injury, scared of it happening again. But I don't think Liverpool's his level at the moment. And we can't keep carrying him. Can't keep open. He turns the corner because he just doesn't seem to be. It's mistake mm. after mistake. And I've said it for a number of seasons now. His best defending follows up from his mistake. He makes yeah. a good tackle or he, a great block after he's made the mistake, which is fine because he's, he's rectified it, but he shouldn't. He's making basic, basic errors every, every time he plays. Um, Another another flag for me is Canate. Now Canate's got this colossal, like this myth that he's a colossus. Um, he's not, not yet. <laughs> he's nowhere near in the same bracket as the likes of Van Dijk or Matip yet. He's got a lot of learning to do. He's still very raw and he rushes out when he shouldn't and the ball falls behind him or makes daft challenges or bad passing. So he's got a lot to do himself before um, before you start classing him as a regular. Because he's he's not quite good enough yet, I don't think. All right, so I mean, I, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I don't, I can't say I necessarily agree. I do think at the minute he is our he's our starter next to Van Dyke. I think when Van Dyke's next to him, I think he's he is a lot calmer. Um, he he doesn't make as many rash rash decisions, and I think they do come when he's trying to. I think it's when he's trying to lead the line himself, when he's starting with maybe a Matip or a, a Gomez, he feels like he's got to take the reins and, and lead the line a bit. So he starts bringing the ball forward when it's maybe not, you know, he's not quite as suited to it. But I think if he just sticks to, to defending, I think he's just, he's fantastic. I think for the size of him, he's, he's, he's quick as well. Um He's not. He's not scared of you know going in for the challenge and things like that. I think, yeah, he's still raw. He's he's what he's twenty one, twenty two. I think. So he, of course he's going to be raw at that age. But when you, I think when you look at him and how good he actually is at that age, working with Van Dijk and, and your Matips and you know these type of players and obviously in the French team with, I know he's not quite the level he was when he was at Madrid, but you with your Varans and your your Koundes and these type of players. You think of all these players he's learning off, lad, and he's only 22, 23. Like, and he's just good now. Imagine how good he's going to be when he's actually in his prime. Yeah, there's no doubt he's a good player, lad. But I think he, there's this... We As Liverpool fans, we've got this thing where a player's instantly a god. Like Van Dijk was. Van Dijk hadn't even kicked the ball for us and he was going to be the best centre-half we've ever had. 
And he's, he's, people are still living off that now. When he hasn't had a good eighteen months, Van Dijk, and he's no. still, he's still, in, they're still talking about him as our best ever defender, which I don't get. Um, in all honesty, but Canate has got a lot to prove before he can be guaranteed first team football. As far as I'm concerned, he he's got so much talent, so much potential, but he's still making similar mistakes to Gomez, really. But it doesn't get flagged up as much because it's Canate, and I feel like it's the same with Van Dijk. Everything Van Dijk's done is what Matip's doing now, but Matip's getting absolute hell for it. So it is. I think it's just a fickle, a fickle game with fans. We have our favourites, and some players walk on water instantly. Some players eating it, and we we think, yeah, they deserve to walk on water now because like for me, Jordan Henderson walks on water because of everything he's done for the club. He can do what he wants. He's gone. Uh, no bad feeling. Shame where he's going, but he ain't it. He didn't walk into Liverpool Football Club and we went, oh my God, what a signing. He's going to be the best. He's going to lift every trophy. But sort of Van Dijk did. And Canate's yeah. got I think Canate's up there already for some of the fans because he makes a few great tackles and a few good blocks and a few good runs, but they don't see the negative side of his game. I'm not going to dwell on it. I just think when we're talking about the centre-halves, I think Canate's got the same thing in him as Gomez and Matic, where you are you are part expecting at least a mistake a game, and they can prove cost you lads. If they that one mistake a game can cost you three points, so we need to um, need to sort all these issues with the defenders first before we do anything else. Yeah, see, I th- I feel like that's the nature of the position now. Like I seen uh, some. Obviously, because rival fans are weird, made a compilation of Van Dyke's mistakes for Liverpool, and like he he's cost us, you know, he's cost us a fair few goals himself. Even in his fucking, even in the seasons where he's been absolutely fucking world class, practically, you know, perfect. And he's you know, he's give lazy passes back to the keeper, which have been cut out by players. He's he's misballed. It's just the nature of the position, lad. It's the most, you know, that's the position that's under threat the most, because their job is to stop. Obviously, the keeper being under threat, so it's the nature of the position. Yeah, you're going to get mistakes, and yeah, don't get me wrong. I feel like Gomez makes too many mistakes. Matter probably makes too many mistakes, and Kanate may be in that breath as well. I don't feel like he makes quite as many mistakes as the other two, but I know where you, I know what you're saying completely. But again, I feel like Van Dijk, he, he's not, he still does it as well himself. He's capable of them. Yeah, that's what I mean. As a whole, as a unit. Our defence makes way too many mistakes and there's, you can't put a finger on exactly which player it is all the time. There's not really uh, there's not really a player there in our defence that you can you can say he's not gonna make a mistake this game. And that's a that's a worry for me because even in pre season we're seeing teams like of the, the quality we're playing against getting in behind us, skipping past our centre half, skipping past our full backs. Now some of them are only kids, so you'd expect it, they're they're there to learn. But your senior players should be sort of making the statements and showing the kids what should be done and how it should be done. And defensively, I don't think it's been that great this, this pre-season. So if we're talking about transfers and stuff, a big name centre-half would be before anyone else now, I think, for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's it's, it's well-known. We, we're looking for the centre-half. Uh, that, that's been sort of mooted or window. But I think... I don't know. 
I can't look too much into it because it's pre-season. You look at the pre-season before we, the season before we won the league, we lost pretty much every game, and it was against better opposition. Don't get me wrong. So you you don't really look too much into it there. But again, it's like pre-season doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. We've had pre-seasons where we won every game comfortably, and then gone into the league and finished eighth. And we've had pre-seasons where we've lost most games and won it or nearly won it. You know what I mean? It's like. It's, I don't think there's a direct correlation. If we, if we lost 5-0 in every pre-season game, but we actually defended all right and every shot went in or something like that, then you just take it on the chin. It's the fact that it's gone on for two seasons and the defence has been part of a massive problem with, with Liverpool conceding goals and making mistakes and poor judgments and errors individuals it's not even you can't even blame the system at times we've moaned about the high line and stuff but a lot of the goals we can see are from individual errors the likes of Van Dijk just like moving out the way of the ball and putting his hand behind his back and ducking and stuff before shots like they're, they're basic kids things you learn as a kid basic traits you learn not to do and our defenders are doing it so somewhere along the line something's up with the defence Um not going to go on too much about it, but I think we need another another experienced centre-half for Canate to learn off um, and someone more reliable than Matip. I'd keep Matip 100%. I, I think it's time we, we part company with, with Gomez. But again, if he's quite happy to sit in at right-back when, when Trent's not available, then you can't really... You can't get rid of anyone like that because he's versatile, and we haven't mm. got haven't got anyone else. Uh, and defensively wise, no, we haven't really got anyone who's versatile other than Gomez. So I think for that reason, and just just hitting the homegrown quota, I think it's important to keep him for that. Um, I think when he has played right back in the past last season, he's been better than he has been at centre back um, because his main priority has been just defend. Um, he, he's worked on his, his passing. He's, he's put some great crosses in last season and things like that. So he's obviously learning that side of the game as well for him. He's picking up, must be picking up, you know, bits off Trent and stuff like that. So I think for his versatility alone, keep him. I think if he slots in at right back, you know, Ramsey's gone out on loan. It's looking like at the minute it's going to be Connor Bradley is going to be Trent's backup at the minute. But I think it really probably should be Gomez and then Connor Bradley. Um, yeah. I think it's hard because you want to go into pre-season and you want to see all the cobwebs dusted off and like a, a new lease of life for everyone, like a fresh start. He's haven't kicked the ball for the club before. Let's see what you can do. But all the old signs are there from the defenders. That's my that's my point really. Um, yeah. I'm not really too fussed about pre-season how we get on, but when you can see the same traits creeping into the game as as happening for two seasons, it's you have to you, you worry a little bit. Don't get me wrong, conceding four in a pre-season game doesn't bother me. I'm not asked. It's there's loads, a mix of kids, a mix of quality. Um, it's all about minutes and fitness. So I'm not really asked what the result. It's the the way we defend in the games that that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. To be honest, it's probably gone a bit over the top with it. To be fair, just reaction needs to the defense. But if you if we can keep Fabinho, basically keep Fabinho and sign an understudy to him, my next my next player will be a, a proper centre half who's gonna come in and start ahead of one of the current starters. Someone who's gonna come in and make a make a statement, make a difference. 
Um, yeah. And then you've still got, again, you're talking about Canate being 21, 22. He's learning off all these players. But it's still hard to go into a team with a struggling Van Dijk and a struggling Matip and a struggling Gomez, a struggling midfield and and Lane as, as well as you would if they were playing well. Do you know what I mean? So it's good experience for Canate, but I just think he'd be better off with someone ahead of him and in, in pushing himself on to start because he's just come in and started, doesn't he, really? To come in and that's his position. Then he yeah, got, I mean, got a few knocks not- here and it, and it hindered him, but he was brought in to start and I think we could do with someone a little bit older, a bit more experienced. And that's just my view on it. I'll probably get loads of shit off fans because, as I say, Canate is like a little messiah to some of the little cults, but um, potential-wise, brilliant. Gonna, he's gonna get there. He's gonna be quality. He's probably gonna you put him in the same category as hopefully Van Dijk in the future because of his presence and his size, the speed. He's got everything you need. Just needs to dust these mistakes away. Yeah, I mean, I think I know what you're saying about bringing an experienced centre half in. I think it would help, but it's, it's not the type of player we we go for anymore. We don't really. We don't really do that. We don't look at sort of just we just don't look at that type of player anymore. We we want the we want the potential. We know what FSG wanna buy. They wanna buy players with high ceilings, high potential. So that if the time comes where we do end up selling them, even if we buy them for big money, we make a profit. Um and so going out and signing a, a an experienced centre half, I just don't think is is what the the going for, which is why we've obviously been linked with this Colwell all summer, um, because he's got the ceiling. You know, we Chelsea fans say he's the next fucking John Teddy, um, so it, the ceiling is fucking his potential is is massive, but that's what we're linked with. We're not linked with your your seasoned, more experienced players. No, but when I say experience, I don't mean old. I mean experienced. So you could have a player like Matip who played a couple of hundred games in Germany before he came to Liverpool. He's experienced for club and country and came in at a decent age where he could make a difference. Still had sell-on value and we got him for fuck all. So that's what I'm, I'm aiming towards. Someone who's played football for a while and knows his position um, and can come in and make a difference. Someone who's just a little bit older, a little bit better than Canate at the moment. Hmm. That's the thing, though. You know, Canate. He played games in Germany. Played games in France before, before Germany. So he's he's played the position. He's even at a young age. You know, Sobersly's coming. He's I think he's twenty two, twenty three himself. You know, he's played over hundred games in Germany. Played games in Austria. It's like these players are getting brought into the teams at a much younger age these days. First team players that they become. You know, you can get that sort of experience tag at a much, much younger age. Um, you, can't, you can't really afford to have a player learning on the job at centre-half. Just before, it's the, it's the main the main fault of all our goals being conceded is the, the rash decisions and the mistakes from the centre-halves. You can have, you can afford a player to lose the ball in centre-mid because you've got a defence behind it. You can't afford to keep happening and happening and happening week in, week out at the back. And that's what's this pre-season showing is, is potentially going to happen again, in my opinion. We'll have to just wait and see how the rest of it goes. Obviously, we're going over to Singapore. I think it's this week. Um, and if, you know, if the rumours are to be believed, there's going to be a big announcement alongside that. Not not in terms of a player, but apparently 
we've had investment secured for a long time from Singapore. And apparently what I've heard is that that announcement is going to be made alongside us going over to Singapore, which when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense to do it in that nature, whether it's true or not. Well, again, we'll have to just wait and see. Um, but look, let, let's look at the positives from, from the game, like we said. Um, Nunes looked looked fantastic. The link-up play with Salah seemed amazing. Um, but he, he looked like he had composure. You know, the goal where he's took it around the keeper, he wouldn't have done that last season. Um, even the goal where he's, he's picked it up, carried it, knocked it past the defender and then slotted it past it, he wouldn't have done that last season. So I no, think already, already he's, he's starting to look more confident. I think him picking up English and we've seen videos of him, he's having jokes and that in training. Like he's he's finally integrating himself properly into the squad. And I think I think he's gonna have a special season. Yeah, I hope so. Lad. I said we discussed on the last run, you don't quite know what he's gonna do. I don't think he knows what he's gonna do, and I think that's the beauty of him. He is absolute chaos for himself and for um for the opposition. So Gotta just see how he goes. We can't put too much pressure on him either, because he's a, he's a young lad. And like discussing Canate, he's still young. He's still twenty two. He's coming in. He can learn off the likes of your Jotters and your Diaz and your Salah, and not put too much pressure on him. But in reality, he is going to be one of our leading strikers. So he's got to start it in the ground running now. But even last season, I think he got about fifteen goals. Yeah, never done too bad across all competitions last season, and he never played. Never played as often as I think he would have liked either. So, if you can Especially get 20... towards the end of the season. And, you know, he, he scored two, got an assist. So, that's what you want. He, he's absolute carnage everywhere he goes, through the middle, even there, where he's took a pass the defender or he's took around the keeper. Some players just hit it first time and he was one of them. So, if he can bring that into his game where he's composed and calm in front of goal as opposed to just lashing out, you've got a superb player on your hands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's let's go on to you mentioned Fabinho before uh, bringing in an understudy. So it looks like his deal might not be going ahead as planned. Um, in a fucking match, the bench bulldogs. <laughs> um, but then it, we've we've also seemed to really have upped our pursuit of, of Lavia now. So I commented on this last night. It, it seems to me that us getting Lavia was was actually dependent on Fabinho staying, not going. Because I think Fabinho going, you need you need someone ready made as his replacement, and Lavia, again, potential of of anybody in the world, he's got the potential to be one of the best midfielders in the world, but you can't be bringing him in as your starter at Liverpool at the minute. But you keep Fabinho, bring him in as your understudy, and and you've got your perfect scenario in my eyes. Yeah, I agree, lad. So the only thing with Fabinho is if his legs don't improve and he stays as slow as he is. And as like laxy days as he's been, then we're going to struggle. But we've seen signs 10 15 games at the end of last season where he looked his old self a bit and yeah. was getting better and better each game every time we looked like we were improving, he was improving with it. So you've got to just put scenarios in place and say, right, the legs around him weren't there. He struggled, Van Dyke struggled, the defense struggled, the legs are in the midfield now. So I, I'm looking forward to that point of pre season where you start seeing your first 11 in the league. And see how we go. I'm not, not really asked about the opposition. I want to just see how we go with our starting 11. But yeah, Fabinho playing in that middle with fresh legs can be absolutely massive. It can be a new lease of life for him, new lease of life for us. Bringing a player in like Lavia, who's a bit more 
forward thinking down for being you know but as great defensively as well is um the right direction to go it is it's yeah. the right direction to go as you say if, if Fabinho leaves we're stuck with needing two we need a starter and an understudy because we've got nobody else and um, people are saying Pachetta he's, he's not he's not that role mate he's a Thiago he's a luxury player get given the ball and spray it out but he's not going to run around breaking play up and tackling all, all game so we need to uh, make sure either Fabinho stays or we go and whatever money we get for him, get spent on a ready-made player to come in and start. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Jordan Henderson as well, we've got his deal is pretty much done by the looks of it. Uh, we're filming his, his goodbye video at Anfield yesterday in an empty Anfield. Um, I commented saying it should have been in front of a crowd and you know, a lot of people a lot of people have agreed and then there's people saying, oh, but he chose to leave. It's like, and what? So what? He still... Like, all I was making the point was, was he deserves a proper Anfield goodbye. He does. He deserves a mosaic. He deserves the, the whole crowd being around there singing his name for everything he's done for us. It was actually... It was proper sad seeing him walking out of the ground on his own yeah. with a cameraman. It was... Um, it's not the way it should have been, but... I just I wish the dis- this discussion would have happened before the last game of the season. I wish, like in hindsight, the club would have sat down and said, "Listen, what do you think of this? We're going to put you up for sale because you're not going to play. <laughs> do you want this as you go as you tra? You're leaving. You can go." So again, no one's offered. No one's coming for him. Only them, and that's yeah. why he's going because he's been the conversations being had with him that you're not going to play as often as you'd like. At 33, you probably want to be playing every week until you retire. And that's why Milner's left, because in your head, your head doesn't grow out of being a kid. They're still playing the first game in their heads, still walking out to never walk alone for the first first time. Henderson said that. It doesn't get old. He wants to play every week. And if we can't offer him that, then you've got to make the decision to do what's best for you. Obviously, 600 grand a week in your ass pocket as well. It's a <laughs> bit of a pull in it, but... We yeah, know that's not true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to judge him on where he's gone or what he's doing. I'm going to judge him on what he's done for Liverpool Football Club, and that's win every fucking trophy. That's worth winning. So, yeah. Here's to you, Jordan Henderson. Nice one, lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more, lad. It's 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 just pathetic. Like this whole. I just look. Let's not get into the people on the internet again because we'll be well, here they, for. Well, I mention is, and it got brought to my attention as well. Um, Liverpool won the World Cup Cup in Qatar, which is the same policies, the same rules, shit like that. Not one single thing being mentioned about it. Not not a lot being mentioned about Gerard. Not a lot being mentioned about Firmino. It's because it's Henderson. Because yeah. it's Henderson, lad. And at the end of the day, that that league is going to be investing a lot more money into into sports and. Eventually, they're going to fucking take control, and it's sad to see. But at the end of the day, it's like a, it's a little bandwagon. They're offering the money. No one else is coming for them. You're going to go. You're going to go. You're not going to look at all the politics. Fucking hell. We, we have people coming to England all the time. Have you seen how this country's run? It's hard to live inside your day, be me. This is fucking shit over here. So, yeah, oh. good luck to them. I know. It's, it's, it's just one of them, lad, isn't it? You know, you look at. You look at some of the 
you know, the Brazilian players that we have, and they're all like fucking massive right wing and that, and no one bats no one's really that arsed. It's like put the political side of everything aside, and he's he's going over to play football. It's not that deep. Like, well, exactly. He's got no. He, he can't have any say on how to fucking run a country. Do you know what I mean? We go on holiday to places where it's shitholes, and we go on tours where people are living in fucking caves, and we go and pot around their houses while they're trying to make a living from making pots and shit. That shouldn't be how you lived in this day and age anywhere in the world. So no. and we're we're paying fucking fifty quid to go and see them in their houses. I've <laughs> have a go at everyone. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, it's, it's like you, you go on holiday, you go move abroad, you don't look at the ins and outs of the fucking policies. It's just one of them things. It's, I said to you on the last one, lad, if, if you got offered double the wage to go and work for some cunt who was an absolute rat, you wouldn't you wouldn't think of, oh, what does he get up to in his spare time? How much of a prick is that, boss? Give me me 40 grand a year instead of 20. Give me me yeah. 60 grand instead of 30. Just go and bite his hand off and take the dog because that's what, that's, what that's what life's like. Yeah. How many more holidays can he have? How much more food can we buy? That's the way the world is, unfortunately. Fucking yeah. hell, lad. Done a week shop yesterday. It cost me fucking 90 quid. <laughs> meat and eggs. It's crazy, isn't it? But, lad, I, I just have to laugh that. <laughs> you just like, I remember going to Dominican years ago, lad, and we were on this tour and we ended up fucking visiting some of our woman in a garden who'd had 27 million kids. And then after that, we got to go to a school where there was kids having a lesson. And you don't oh, think about it when you're doing it, lad, and now that you've just brought that up, it's like, what the fuck was I doing? I know, lad, we went, to, we went to these caves in Tunisia, where they choose to live like that, to be fair, but they just live in caves, and it's literally, they fucking smashed holes in these caves and put front doors on them, lad, and they live in them. But they've got sky dishes and on the outside, it's fucking <laughs> weird. It, it's madness, lad, but to say, we don't we don't go around countries where we're on holiday and judge all the politics, we don't even look into it, so... You can't be that two-faced unless you are genuinely concerned for all the well-being of the people in Saudi Arabia and you're pushing agendas and you're, you're pushing the fight against their rights and stuff um, to get them better quality of life, then shut up. Fucking just shut up and get over it. Because it is what no. it is. Jordan Henderson many of these... play football in a sunny country on 600 grand a week because Jürgen Klopp's told him he's not going to play for Liverpool as often as mm. he'd like. It is what yeah. it is. That's it, lad. How, how many of the how many of the people slating them have been on holiday to to Egypt or Morocco or Tunisia, where all these things it might not be quite as strict, but it's still illegal to to be. Probably put pictures from Dubai. Everything, it's 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 hypocritical, and it's all because they want they want Jordan Henderson gone. Um. So look, but let's let's not dwell on it. Like I say, Jordan Henderson, he's won everything for the club. He's the only captain in our history to to lift every trophy that he's lifted. He's a legend. People people don't want to wear it. He's a legend. It's it's simple. It's fact. Um, and he deserves like a full Anfield goodbye. Sorry, lad. I, I feel like it's people who don't really grasp football that, that say he's shite. You don't realise what he offers. Again, I've said to you many a time, what does he offer off the ball? What does he offer off the pitch? Off the ball, the people who go to the match, who sing his name from the cop and all around the, around the stadium, they see what he does off the ball. They see him pressing that the cameras don't show you. You know what I mean? They see him blocking out the potential pass. They see him fucking running his ass off into corner flags to win the ball. See him tackling, passing. Sometimes, like, he gets shit for putting one of the things about him, putting the ball into Rose Head with his crossing. 
but he's trying to force things to happen when things aren't happening. Yeah. It's not always going to be quality. Fucking Gerard done it sometimes. Players do it. Midfielders do it. Every footballer makes mistakes when you you're in a rush to try and make something happen. And happen. it's part of football, but he's literally led us to everything. And I don't. People are saying we either won it, we either won more without him, or we have we have won the same without him. We wouldn't because he he knitted that whole group together. He made he made a group of mates instead of a, a team, instead of a yeah. group of individuals. That's where we differed from Man City. At times, we had a group of proper mates who were all in it together. And City have only just got that the last few years. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, you look at his, you look at his career as a whole, lad, and it's, it's, it's been the most up and down Liverpool career I've ever seen in my life. He come in as a, as a young prospect, got told he wasn't wanted, we're going to sell you to Fulham. He's gone, no, you're all right. To then being an integral part of when we nearly won the league in 13-14. Most people to this day still say we, we only lost the league because he was banned the last three games. I agree. Um, me included. You know, to then becoming vice captain. Like he's he's all he's I don't think any other player in my lifetime at least has overcome as much adversity as, as him. I think the only other one who comes close to for me is Lucas. And Lucas I don't even think Lucas overcome as much as Henderson did. Lucas never really got told he wasn't wanted by by management. Ne- Lucas never got told he was getting sold. Um oh, but again you'd have the same argument. You'd have your Twitter dickhead who hated Lucas till the day he left. And you had the people who went the match and who understood football, who, who never went the match, knowing exactly what he offers the team. And it weren't, weren't a magnificent footballer. He weren't a Brazilian you'd expect to see. He was fucking different cut o'clock then, mate. He was, he was bizarre. But he gave absolutely everything for the shirt and he put his body on the line for us. He'd take a booking or a red card and not conceding a goal. He was fucking nails on, a hard-working player. And that's what, yeah. we, what we love, lads. And Jordan Henderson's in the same bracket, but went on to lift every single trophy you can lift, barring the UEFA Cup, which, again, I feel feel sorry about because I think he'd have got that next season. But yeah. in a nutshell, lad, the, the conversation has been had before he's made any decisions. Am I going to play? Not really. OK. And it's a shame it's ended when I'm walking around Anfield on his own. I wish, when I'm being in Liverpool... Do you know if Liverpool would have made an announcement saying Jordan Henderson's leaving tonight? Get down to Anfield, say to that, the ground would have filled up. Guarantee yeah, you. 100%. Would have filled up. Um, but look, it is what it is. I wish him all the best. I hope he goes on to fucking win whatever he is to win over there. Um, Money. That, that's how much I know about it. He'll <laughs> end up in a ladder match with a target. <laughs> but he'll win. Yeah, obviously, he's a winner. Hendo shuffle on the top of a ladder. Um <laughs> <laughs> now look, I wish him all the best. Um, like I say, he's won everything he has to win, and yeah, he's a legend. So, like you said, here's to you, Jordan Anderson. Um, but yeah, it's just it's going to be a sad day when it actually gets announced. Regardless, we know it's coming, and it's just going to be horrible. <laughs> I, I don't like it, but it's football. It happens, doesn't it? Um, I so. hate the build up, me. Like I just wish all these fucking in the nose and all the. The journalists just leaking shit all the time. Like, how the fuck did he know everything? Burns my head out. We've seen that for Britio Romano. He, like... he shared um, he shared his screen time, didn't he? Uh, like, how much is he's on his phone a day? He's on his phone seventeen hours a day, lad. That's he how. That's a... how they know. <laughs> that he is his life double. 
that's why he's got fit. That's why he's the only journalist out there with fucking fifteen million followers. You know well, what I mean? Like, he's 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 like he's right up there. He's fast as well. So he's he's one of the ones you you take an interest in. But even sometimes he's wrong. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think a lot of it's guessing games, lad. It's like I think so. I think a lot of it's just guessing in it in the jackpots, and then you've got the idiots like that fucking indie, whatever you call them, who just guess, yeah. you know, absolute shite. But um, I just wish I wish we could go back to the days where, like, Liverpool have signed such a body. Oh, sound is right. Get it. Like we did with Fabinho. There was not a link. We just lost the European Cup final. Fabinho was in a Liverpool kit. Happy days. <laughs> but I was discussing this as well yesterday. That this, what is the rule with signing players now? Because I'm seeing all the time, like Liverpool have agreed terms with Lavia, but he yet to speak to Southampton. How the fuck does that work, lad? I'd probably be permission to speak to the player by the club. To speak to the player directly, yeah. But what it'll probably be is the club going to the player's agent, and when you say agreed terms, it's like you've probably gone to the agent and gone right. We're we're interested in Lavia. We haven't started talks with the with Southampton yet. What would it take for us to be able to secure a deal with him? And the agents probably gone. So we're looking for this much, this a year, this signing bonus, these bonuses, this that and the other. And we've gone all right. So I think it's probably more the agent. They've they talked to the agent to see if a deal can be done, and then they've started talks because, like, I think I I seen that, and then someone commented. I don't think anyone makes a bid with the un, if they're not under the impression that the player is willing to join. So I think it'll all be through the agent for now. I don't think the player themselves would have spoke to the club. But would you not? Would, obviously, the agent's going to go to him and say, we've had this interest from Liverpool. That's an Ed Turner for me. So I just think that's still tapping up, in it? Basically. It might. It, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. But that must be the loophole with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. To the agent and well, not the player. Then. It's obviously happened for years. It just seems like the last few years, it's been, it's been put out there that that's happening without yeah. any real fucking issues. No. That's your way of thinking. He's done a bit of me, and then yeah. so come on, fucking the big one in Blackpool, <laughs> and we got ridiculed for it. But yeah, that's because I think we met with him direct. But it, it just seems weird to me that that it's allowed to happen like that. As soon as, soon as Liverpool come knocking at his door and you're in, at, at Southampton, you want to go, don't you? As we know. Yeah. Because we can't really <laughs> ask their team. No, no. No, I think that's what it must be. Like, it must be the agent. Because, you know, it's not like we've got Lavia turning up to our team and ground like he's Peter Odd and Wingy waiting <laughs> for the transfer to happen. So, uh, I think we're safe. Oh, that's that what one. I mean, though. Like, yeah, I discussed it with it. the same situation with Henderson. Henderson spoke to Clark. Will I play? No. Sound well, I'll agree terms with them, but then we reject the bid, so he looks a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going, said it's to all his players, and that, and then we go now. Nah. <laughs> so he looks a bit Again, of so it I think be a, a lot of these stories like get leaked by the agents, get told by the agents to because they want you know, the agents as soon as who was it? I seen I seen a clip from another team's podcast the other day, I can't remember what it was, and he was talking to Kevin Phillips, um, and he basically was saying, I think it was a Palace podcast and I don't even know why it came up on the timeline, but it did. And he was basically saying, as soon as as soon as he was told by his last, before the club he was at, before he joined Palace, his agent was on the phone straight away, like immediately after he'd finished speaking to them. So it's the equivalent of us ending this and then me getting on the phone to someone and going, right, I'm leaving. Who can I go to kind of thing? So it happens that fast, lad. So these agents must be like, look, this player's on the market. 
to journalists because journalists must have contacts that some of the agents don't you know what I mean so yeah, it just okay. it must be all stuff like that lad and it's just as I say I don't think Henderson has agreed a deal necessarily directly with the club I think his agents gone to him and gone I'll let you there you are they're offering you yeah, 700 million trillion dollars a day uh, they're giving you the target they're giving you the palace and you know 14 Bugattis do you want to you can't take the Chihuahua <laughs> yeah but you can't take your Chihuahua because you might fucking I don't know do you, end up getting fed to your target um, but no so it's probably his agent said this deal's on the table if, you, if you're willing to accept it he's had the conversation been told we're not going to play him he's gone to his agent yeah if we if the deal can be sorted I'll accept that offer so I think it's more done through the agent it's a t- it's he's the middleman you know what I mean it's not yeah. it's like if, yeah. you know if you, if you go to a travel agent and book a holiday you're not booking it directly with the hotel are you booking it through the travel agent it's fucking same, same thing really Hey, my that, and I, like that, I like that. Thank you. I like that. I just, just come to me. Um, no, but look, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't think there's clearly not illegal. Otherwise, you wouldn't have these stories breaking every single day that so and so has agreed terms with the club, uh, with the player. Sorry, now to do the deal with the club, it wouldn't be happening every single day if it if it was anything illegal. So, but I know exactly what you're saying because it, it baffles me sometimes as well. To be fair, um, baffles me. Yeah, but look. Again, thanks, Jordan Ensign. Um, but let's <laughs> <laughs> to just go back to that point, just to make sure everyone knew that's what we were talking about. Um, but look, we, we put a thing out on social media yesterday asking for a few questions, and we thankfully actually got a couple, didn't we? So uh, yeah. I believe you've you've got one for me, and I've got, got one for you. So do you want to hit me with yours first? Mine's just uh, someone's asked me what's the, the best Liverpool song. Okay. And he's mentioned, like, Liverpool never going to stop. Uh, Passing moves, the Liverpool groove. I had an album when I was a kid called This Is Anfield, and I, I can almost remember the order it, it started. It was You'll Never Walk Alone by the fans, and then Freddie Cross the Mersey, and then I'm sure there was one. I think it was Liverpool Never Going to Stop, and then there was one about Michael Owen. There was one, <laughs> it was a belter actually. But yeah, <laughs> I used to listen to that before. I used to play FIFA as a kid. Listening to that, and then I play my last game, whoever our opposition was, and then whoever our whatever score that game ended, I'd ask my dad to put a bet on on the match, and then I'd go to the match. That was my little ritual, um, with my Liverpool socks on and my scarf. So my my favourite one is my Liverpool. The cock will always rule. I always mm-hmm. get shivers listening to that. Yeah, and that's why I've got um, that on because that is. Me thinking the cop will always, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a good question, like, because there's, there's so many, isn't he? Um, I mean, obviously, I, I've got a soft spot for, for the Liverpool groove. Um, but I don't know, can you call it a Liverpool song? Um, no heart, heart as big as Liverpool. Can you say that's a Liverpool song or is that more a city song? It's a city song, that in it, um, as in the city of Liverpool. There's loads, I'd say, obviously, you'll never walk alone, you're number one, but we hear it all the time. So I think sometimes when you're there all the time, it, it loses its meaning a little bit. But right, with what's happened with me in my personal life, every time I hear it now, it sends me west. But yeah. in a way, brings back memories, my mar and I yelling that, and being in the ground and hearing other people. You can you, you sort of, when you've gone through shit where that song's been like a focal song, you look around and you see other people 
doing the same as you and you think, I wonder what their story is. And it means a lot more than just a song and they'll walk alone. It does. But in terms of something that cheers you up and gets you going for the match and that, the cop will always rules mine. But yeah. on, what's yours? Um, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. Because you could look at it from like, you know, what's your favourite Liverpool song in terms of what, what gets sung at the gra- in the ground at, at the match and that. And you could go with like, you know, Paul Scouse or Tommy, something like that, because I think that's just just classic. Like that brings me that for me brings me back to going the match when I was when I was a when I was a kid and that. And that was one of the first songs I remember learning properly was was Scouse or Tommy. Like it was just Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if that's the answer, if that's what he was meaning, but I'm gonna go with Paul Scouse or Tommy actually. Well Scouse or Tommy was actually I think it was on the album anyway. So I think what yeah. he was asking for was like What's being recorded that you can you can listen to, but Paul Scouts time it's been recorded loads of times. I think that the Ragamuffins done a version as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Scouts of Tommy that was our Peter's favorite song as well. He had his ringtone and that. Um, I remember not long after he passed away, we went to his grave. I always take him a bottle of buds and I have a little bottle of buds with him. And oh, I love fucking hell, it was silent. And someone was driving, someone must have been parked up outside the cemetery, lad, and they were playing Jamie Webster, Paul Scouts or Tommy. I've got shivers. And I was yeah. just sat having a bud with our Peter, Paul Scouts or Tommy on the background. It was mad. It was fucking okay. weird. But little things like that give you hope, don't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. Also, if if the fellow's watching the video, that that's a recording from, I think, I think it's Liverpool, Chelsea, is it? recording from a match an actual match we played and it's just a crowd singing lad and it's absolutely I put it on sometimes when I'm just in the loft it's like my go-to place when I've been in the match for a little bit and yeah. it's just just song after song and shouting and it's, it's quality it's <laughs> as well yeah good question I like that though um, so my one for you um, to fucking go in a completely different direction to that question Um so King Hippo asked, "Are FSG treated unfairly?" Yeah, yeah. In in a way, I think it's hard because they do do wrong. They have done mm. wrong. The wrongs they've done in the past, we've had when they tried to get us in the Super League. You know, we kicked off. I wanted their heads on platters, mate. I wanted them gone. I wanted them lynched. Um, they tried to name, you know, take the brand and name of Liverpool away from everyone else and own the name Liverpool. I think they've done it. We'll never walk alone. Um, you know, the, the furlough, the likes of the ticket prices going up, stuff like this. Um, but they've rectified most of the, the issues where they were a bit out of sync with the club supporters. So on that basis, yeah, they've made mistakes. They've tried to profit a bit more than they, they should do based on the support they've got from us. They try and market with the fans. My, my big issue with them is that the market of the fans and the flags and the, the lads who are there every week and using the images, like what you've got behind you to sell their merchandise whilst pricing out local fans, fans who go every week, not necessarily from Liverpool either, um, fans who want to take the kids who can't because it's too expensive. They're putting on 
like deals where you can get a hotel, a ticket, a flight, all in a package for people who've never been to a match before. And I think that that cuts deep with me more than anything because they yeah. prioritise making money from fans who are going to come and take the pictures and raid the club shop and eat all the food and all that shit. Whereas the likes of us go to match, have a pint in the sand and have a pint in the church, have a pint in Saggies. Know what I mean? Get in the ground, listen to them walk alone, get off, go back to the pub. We have we have our own ritual when you're from round here and fans you go to match every week. Um, I've gone the game for 14 years, missed one season, can't get a ticket. So I've got to rely on other people's credits to get, get in the ground now. Again, everything we went through with my mum and my sister, I wanted to take my dad again to get two tickets together is nearly impossible. So the way the clubs run ticket-wise and the people who are in the ground pisses me off the most about them. But I don't think they're the only owners in the world who are like that. I think it's every club no. across every who run it like that now. Liverpool football clubs are tourist attraction. It's like us going to New York and wanting to catch a, a basketball match or something. You pay the money, you go and you be a tourist, you take your photos, you experience it. Just you don't like happening when it's it's something you love. So um in terms of investments, Fenway Sports have invested in the stadium, as Hippo said, he didn't mention we've we've invested in the stadium, we've invested in the the actual training facilities, they've bought players. You can't, you can't doubt they've bought players. We go back to like we bought Van Dyke and Allison because of Coutinho, but since then we've added like we've changed the full forward line under our noses without it even being mentioned. We've brought in Diaz, Gakpo, Nunes, um, Jota, Jota, and then you've got your Sober Slight, McAllister. So we've brought in players to. to Basically, rebuild this first team. Who have we sold this season? Who have we sold that's going to be worth enough money to to rebuild the team? Not many. We're using we're using our profits and our margins to to buy these players on top of a stadium being rebuilt on top of an access training facility. So when people moan that they don't spend, it's a load of bollocks, really. Um, mm. We're doing the only unfortunate thing for us is we'd all like them to cheat like Man City, in a nutshell. We all wish they'd just fuck FIFA Fair Play off as well and go out and do what Man City are doing because we won't... Our owners don't have as deep a pockets as Man City's owners, but our club's earning enough to go and do what they're doing. We could go and have a summer of 300 million. That money's there, sat there, but it's not the way football should be. And it's credit to our owners that we're still abiding by the rules. And it's because of owners like ours that Man City will eventually get sanctioned. Yeah. I think for me, and I, I agree with everything you said there, to be fair, I think for me, the one thing I just can't fathom with like the FSGL lot is they've got no, there's no talking to them about it. It's They don't look at the, they can't see both sides of things. Like you've just mentioned, everything bad they've done, but everything good they've done. You've got a level, you've got a level you're level-headed about it and I'm the same like yeah you've done bad but they've also done good I'm not naive enough to go in and think ah oh, well they've, they've done bad that's it it's like but no every every owner has done something dodgy every owner has done bad with the club conversely every owner has done good with the club it's like United with the Glazers 
they spend 300 million a season and then they get beat by fucking Huddersfield and the Norwich scarves come out. It's mm-hmm. stupid and it, and it glazes out. Um, and don't get me wrong, I know United are in a fucking shitload of debt. And, but then you've <laughs> that's the way you've got to look at it. United are in a shitload of debt. The ground's falling apart and they're not doing anything about it. All they're investing in is the playing squad and they're not really... I mean, obviously, they, they had an alright season last season, but they're not really in the heights that Man United of the Premier League era at least should be hitting. Um, but that's the Glazers' fault, apparently. So they're buying the players and giving the managers the money to go and buy these players. But when the players don't perform, it's it's the Glazers' fault. Like, how, how do you work that one out? You, but they're not investing the question, in the infrastructure. You asked the question to our, to our fans... Would, who would you rather have as owners? Owners who are going to invest in the playing team a lot more than anything else and be like Man United where it's not necessarily going to guarantee success. As you say, falling down ground, that needs rebuilding, training facilities are old, everything's fucked around them. What do you want? Do you want owners who are going to balance it so you've got a bit of everything? You've got one of the best stadiums in Europe and we've kept it where we wanted it. We've kept our home kept all that history, all the people who've gone before, all the memories are still there, thanks to them, because anyone else would have come and rebuilt a fucking stadium, yeah. would have knocked it down and rebuilt it. Um, but we don't spend billions on the playing staff, or what you do, you let the club go to wreck and ruin, and buy a load of players, go into debt, and then you're fucked. It doesn't work like that, they don't understand the business side of it, and as I say, that's where, when I have me moan about going to match and that, how much money to, to the club earn through the tourists, it's it's a hell of a lot because we don't spend as much. We, we It's like our thing. We ask you not to buy from the club shop, which is fucking stupid in a way because it goes on our club, but they don't need the money from the merchandise and the tickets anymore. They, they earn enough to sponsors and the Premier League and competitions. So... Yeah, I think the, the locals and the everyday match going fan. Like I've got, I've got people from all over the world who go to the match, who message me and they get top draw. They, they pick them up from me when they're over here from Norway or Singapore or wherever. It's, it's madness. But they get it. They get what it's like to to love Liverpool like a Liverpool born person. Yeah, yeah. They get it. They they're the exact same as us. It's passion. The they love the community, they love the city, they love our people. The people who hate Fenway Sports seem to be the same group who don't really like Scousers, who don't really get our values and our politics and why we bring it into the game. So I don't, they don't interest me really. If you've got a, a dead set agenda against Fenway Sports because they're not spending billions on the playing staff every season, like it's a, like a champ man. I've just, I've just downloaded champ man 01, 02. And I've remembered the cheat where you can go a manager of an other club, sell them all your best players and then retire. And then you just manage Liverpool then with all the best players. But it doesn't work because I'm still shit at the game. That's what they want. <laughs> they want to be able to just go and have the best team on a sheet of paper. They want to be able to look at the piece of paper and go, wow, there's Haaland there, there's Bellingham there. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It can't be done. That's not how football works. That's how games work. That's why it's a fucking game and it's not real life. But in in honest terms, Fenway Sports can't have really done much more for us. There has been times where we've been crying out for midfielders and we but instead we, we overhauled 
we overhauled the, the forward line. Klopp said yeah. himself that he wasn't expecting the decline he got from his midfielders and the injuries he got in his midfielders, and that's why it's taken this long to do what we need to do. But it will get done. So, again, if it comes to the end of this window and Fenway Sports, Klopp comes out and says, right, I've asked for this much money to buy these players and we've been refused, then, fit, yeah, we'll go, fucking hell, they've cost us again here. But at the yeah. minute, we're in links with the players you want to be linked to. We've bought players you wanted to buy. We're strengthening positions that need strengthening and we're getting rid of players that aren't going to play often. So, as a business model, we're doing everything right at the moment. We've just got to wait to see how the summer pans out, see what our first 11 is, and then we can judge them again based on this season. But overall, they've overseen us win everything. Overseen us win every trophy whilst building the club up and up and up. And eventually, we will become that bastion of invincibility again. <laughs> yeah, agree with everything you say. Um, <clears throat> so, look, thanks, thanks to... Those who did send questions in, um, we'll try and make this a regular thing on it as well, where we where we do throw it on social media. Maybe a bit earlier than a few hours before we originally planned on uh, recording next time, but <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll try and make it a regular thing and you know get the engagement up and that. But I think that's a nice place to leave it today. Um, so Jay, pleasure as always, and to everyone who's who's listened and watched over the last uh, over the last couple of episodes and the last couple of weeks, thank you. The response has actually been fucking boss um, so it's it's fucking yeah it's boss to say love it so thank you all um, keep keep watching us keep listening to us whatever you listen to us on give us a rating um, if you're watching us on YouTube sub- and not subscribe please do um, you know drop comments on the videos comments you know send us messages on, on social media and um, yeah let's just let's just keep it going but thanks so much keep so far. as well obviously Everything we discuss isn't going to be agreed with. I reckon I'm going to get absolute help for me. We can have comments and I embrace it because we're all different. That's what good about this supporting a football team thing. As long as it's not over the top and ridiculous, then you can get in touch. Do you know what I mean? We want, we want yeah. to hear what you disagree with, what you agree with, what you find that you enjoy about the podcast. So yeah. all you'll get from us is honesty. And if it makes us feel stupid or sound stupid to you, then that's great because it's a debate, isn't it? That's what it's all about. That's it. Um, but on that note, up the reds. Up the reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.